I'm glad we have a God who's in control. Amen. Take your Bibles tonight, if you would, with me, and turn to Psalm chapter number 16. Psalm chapter number 16. And Job chapter number 5. Psalm 16 and Job and chapter number 5. I want to speak to you tonight. It's not a bombastic message and it's not a long message. And... um, as always, if you say amen, I preach faster. We've been blessed. If we stopped right now, it's been a great evening. There's no doubt about it. But I want to share just some real simple thoughts with you tonight. And I want to talk to you on this subject. You can have happiness and joy. You can have happiness and joy. Sometimes you get that in the Christian life that you know, we can have this spiritual thing called joy, even though we can't be happy in this world. But, you know, you can have both, actually. You can be happy. You can be happy. By the way, why would an unsaved person look at you and I, if we're miserable, mad at the world, they don't go to church, they don't read the Bible, the only thing they know is my neighbor's a Christian. Or it says they're a Christian. And if there's anything attractive about our lives... Why would they want to know more about our Savior? And so uh, we, we, can have, we can have both, happiness and joy. I'm going to just read to you for sake of time. You follow with me. And you're in Psalm 16, is that right? Psalm 16, verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forever. More In thy presence is fullness of joy. Now, you can have joy in measure, just like faith comes in measure and so forth. But you can have, you can have fullness of joy. I mean, I mean, full. The Bible speaks of joy unspeakable. You can have fullness of joy. And that is tied to the presence of God. And then in Job 5, verse 17, the Bible said, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Happy is the man whom God correcteth. Psalm 1, verses 1 through uh, 1 and 2, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the... Seated of the scornful, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the man. That word blessed there is the same word we read in Job 5, verse number 17. Happy, it's used 45 times. That particular Hebrew word is used 45 times. In the Old Testament, 18 of those times is translated happy. 27 of those times is translated blessed. And so uh, you could say, uh, you could, to use a synonym, you could say, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Girls, look up at Pastor, if you would, please. Don't, don't put those things out of your hand. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. This will help you. I won't preach long tonight. And uh, if you if you uh, start talking and mess with your phone or draw pictures, I'll add 10 minutes to the sermon. And uh, so, <laughs> all right. 
I thought that was funny. Anyway, but anyway, so, Lord, we love you. It's good to be with God's people. And my heart's been challenged and blessed tonight already. The singing has just enraptured my soul. I've enjoyed it so. And, oh, Lord, I get a big lump in my throat still. Just listen to those children sing about the sovereignty of God. God's in control. And, man, I'll be just a song to them. It may be, uh, Lord, uh, deep-rooted faith that anchors their soul in thee throughout their life long. Lord, teach us a, a lesson tonight about the Christian life, that uh, we, we, can, we can be happy and we can have joy as well. And uh, may both of those characteristics, Lord, um, shine forth in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. John sixteen twenty two says this, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. Your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Let me tell a story most of you have heard before, and a few have not. But it was about midnight. I received a phone call. This, I don't know, ten years ago or something. I guess, and I received a phone call late at night, and um, I. Um, don't want to trip over that uh, tissue box, so I just moved it. I received a phone call, and I was, uh, can you come to Randolph Hospital? And it, it, it looks like our loved one won't live through the night. So I left the house late at night and went to uh, the Randolph Hospital. And on my way in, I met one of our city uh, police officers who had, uh, when he first came to Asheboro, had uh, attended our church for some time. And we had a friendship. And as I was coming in, he said, Pastor, what are you doing here? And I told him, I said, I'm, I'm headed upstairs to visit someone. They don't expect to make it through the night. And he said, oh, Pastor, he said, is there any way you could go to the ICU? He said, my wife's mother is dying as well. And they don't expect her to live through the night. And she's not saved. Well, I understood the urgency of that. Both of them are obviously very important visits, but I understood the urgency of that. And I went to the ICU, and, uh, and um, in fact, he walked up there with me, and uh, we went into the ICU, and the family allowed me to come into the room, and the, the family was gathering in the room because we were close to the end. And uh, the, the, the lady that was there in the intensive care unit was alert and awake and responsive and uh, could talk and but she was obviously very ill. She was coughing up blood regularly. And I began right away. Uh, uh, I looked at the family and, and uh, I, I w- went right away to begin to witness to her. And um, as I began to go into the gospel, she shut me down. She said, no, I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to hear that. And I said, uh, I just att- I tried very gingerly, tenderly to say, you know, ma'am, I'd love to, for you to, you know, to know for, without a doubt that you're going to heaven. I said, I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that. So I, um, I said, well, may I pray with you? And um, so I prayed. And in my prayer, I went through the plan of salvation. I went through the gospel. I witnessed to her in my prayer. God, I thank you that even though we're all sinners and as sinners we deserve to go to hell, I'm so thankful Jesus died on the cross. I just went through the gospel in my prayer. Obviously, I personalized it as well for her and for the family members. And when I finished my prayer, I made another attempt to try to um, to try to uh, speak to her about the Lord. And she shut me down again. 
She's very agitated, uh, 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 unhappy, agitated. I turned to the family, spoke a few words to them. I turned back to her. And I said, uh, may I say just one more brief prayer before I leave? She said, you already prayed. I said, yes, ma'am, you're right, I did. And I looked to the family, and they sort of like, I don't, we don't know what to say or do, Pastor. And I dismissed myself. And I went uh, to, the, uh, to another floor there in the hospital, went down the hallway, and spoke to another lady who was just on the threshold of going to heaven. And I walked in the room, a big smile came on her face. She said, Pastor, I'm ready. It won't be long, but I'm ready. I'm not afraid. Now, I don't know how you want to die, but I join the Scriptures, let me die the death of the righteous. Let me die with someone as someone who has peace. Let me die as someone who's in a right standing with God. I believe there's deep-seated joy in that dear lady's heart. Something that the other missed. I want to talk to you about the differences between happiness and blessings. And I, I promise you I won't be long tonight. But happiness uh, is tied to uh, what happens in your life. And uh, happiness is something maybe you might think of us as wearing on the outside. Happiness shows up on your face. And, uh, and uh, happiness shows up in your demeanor and shows up in your tone of voice. Uh, but it is, it is tied to um, uh, things that happen in your life. But I'm going to use the word blessings tonight. I'm going to use the word blessings. And I want to say, uh, I, want, I have four sets of uh, comparatives. I'm going to give you the first one. Number one, happiness is tied to blessings. Happiness is tied to blessings. Joy is tied to the blessed one, capital B, capital O. <laughs> So happiness is tied to blessings and joy is tied to the blessed one. Uh, I've been blessed and I was uh, thankful for the reminder that uh, Brother Malucci gave, uh, shared with us tonight. And I got a lump in my throat when he got a lump in his throat. I'm, I'm pretty mushy most of the time anyway, but just to think, and he helped us to do that. He helped us to think about how blessed we are to be free, how blessed we are to have a church family, how blessed we are to have friends and loved ones who pray with us and for us and encourage us and miss us and so forth. And, and those are blessings from the Lord. And um, they, they uh, 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 live in, in another country. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and they, they have the same salvation that you and I have. And they have uh, the same Bible that you and I have. But the, the blessing of the abundance of God's people week in and week out and the fellowship and so forth, uh, we have it in, in uh, might say, greater availability and greater abundance, if you will. And, uh, and those are blessings. And we, we ought to enjoy the blessings of God. Amen. We, we, listen, we ought not just be saved. We ought to be happy we're saved. Amen. I'll be happy. How many are really, really glad? Really, really, really glad you don't have to go to hell. Are you glad about that? I'm glad I don't have to go to hell. I'm glad that I'm going to walk on streets of gold. Amen. I think about those uh, folks that got saved today. Leo was one of the teenage boys got saved today. I said, Leo, think about this. 
as if we were walking out. And I said, Little, think about this. I said, you, you, If you die tonight, you're going to heaven. I said, If you died yesterday, oh, it wouldn't have been good. I said, But now you, you're going to heaven. And, and you're on the way to heaven. Carson led him to Christ. The teenage boy led him to Christ. And, uh, hey, it's good to be saved, isn't it? Amen. That's a blessing to be saved. It's a blessing to have our sins forgiven. It's a blessing to have our name in the book of life. It's a blessing that God, the Holy Spirit, indwells us. It's a, a blessing to have a, a, a Bible. Amen. Divinely inspired, preserved Word of God in pure form for us tonight. We have a Bible. Amen. And those are blessings that we ought to be happy about. Amen. I said we ought to be happy about it. Well, I enjoy the things of God. Amen. First Corinthians 14 says, if you, if a man's unsaved walks into a church and he hears a bunch of people talking in tongues, like the world thinks his tongues, which are a bunch of gobbledygook. And he said, man, I don't understand what those people are saying. They must be mad. They must be crazy. But if he walks into church and he hears God's people in unison together say, Amen! Uh, praise the Lord! Together in unison, in agreement with the preaching of God's Word. Listen, that man becomes, the Bible says, here's the words, convinced of all. Convinced of all. And um, and, uh, and we, we ought to be saved. Well, we, we ought to be glad we're saved. Amen? I, we ought to be glad we're saved. Amen? We ought to be glad we're saved. Happiness is tied to the many blessings. I'm thankful for my health. Thank for my family. Thank for a place to preach week after week. Thank you for my parents, my heritage. Thank for the leaders that God gave me. Thank for Brother Hiles' influence in my life. Thank for Dr. Ray Young and Tom Williams. There's so many, many others. I'm thankful for you, the members of this church and the workers here. I feel so blessed, so spoiled. God is good. Joy, however, runs just as beautifully, just as wonderfully as happiness does, but joy runs a little deeper. While happiness is tied to the blessings of God in our lives, joy is tied to the blessed ones. About two years ago, I fell in love with this little song and sang it with our young people. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is His Word. Once His gift I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now Himself alone. All in all, forever, only Christ I'll sing. Everything is in Christ and Christ is everything. Amen. We sing the great hymn, Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, ye creatures here below. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Thank God for the blessings that flow from Him. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in Him whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Thank God for the blessings Thank God for the good gifts that God gives to us, His children. But let me say, our greatest pleasure should be found not in the gifts, but in the giver. But in the giver. You see, here's the thing about it. When everything's going great, and you say, God, thank you for my health. Thank you for my church. Thank you for the beautiful music. Thank you for my, 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 uh, my, my family. When you, when you can't say those things, 
when there is no beautiful music and your family has gone on to glory and, and the circumstances of your life are, 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 are changed, but there is someone in whom you can rejoice. And that is the blesser. That is the giver. That is the blessed one. And so while happiness is tied to our blessings, joy is tied to the blessed one who never changes. Let me give you another pair. Happiness is tied to my gratitude for transient blessings. Happiness is tied to my gratitude for transient blessings. Now look, you can have blessings and not be happy, and that's because you lack gratitude. We were sitting at the stoplight at the top of Vision Drive the other day, my wife and I, and we were, headed, we were coming to church, I'm sure. Uh, and so we're sitting at the stoplight, and, and, and at the in, every car at the intersection was a very nice car. And, and, I, and I looked at this, and I thought, you know, we talk about, oh boy, the economy's rough, and it certainly is going the wrong direction. I understand all that. I thought, you know, we, I look, I told my wife, I said, you know, you've got to have a, a really, really nice car these days in order to have a nice car. You understand what I mean by that? Because to have a nice car today, I mean, it might have been a nice car 20 years ago, but you could, you have a really, really nice car. Amen. In order to be considered someone, I mean, the cars that would, you know, uh, a few years ago, wow, look at that. Uh, you know, uh, I'll just be honest with you. I, 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 hey, listen, I, I, I got some conviction. I would not have a car that did not have a seat that heated automatically. I wouldn't do it. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, is, is God has been so good to us and, and He has heaped His blessings upon us. But I tell you something, you know what? You can have the nicest car in town and be miserable. You see, happiness isn't just tied to the blessings. It's tied to my gratitude for the blessings. And I threw the word transient in there because the truth is there. Is this the blessings that we think of in this life? They, they are by and large transient. They're, they're temporary. God, thank you for this food which is going to be gone in about 15 minutes. <laughs> They're transient blessings. Now, we ought to be happy about these blessings. We ought to be happy that we have a, a vehicle and that we have a roof over our head and, and that we have heat and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and we, ought to, we ought to visit in our minds and in our hearts that, that so many of the transient blessings that we enjoy... We, listen, we, we, listen, it's by the grace of God that we're free. It's by the grace of God that we're not in the pictures of those missionary stories that somebody in that picture is not sitting here watching us. Why did God allow us to be born free? Why do we have a roof over our heads and enjoy what we enjoy in the abundance? It's just the grace of God. That's all it is. We ought to stop and think and remind ourselves. So much of the world never experienced this. And I've... Remember calling from uh, just outside of Manila, Philippines, years ago now, years ago now, 12 years or more, I guess. And for the first time in my life, that was my first time I'd ever be in what you might call a third world country. I'd never seen poverty before. Never had. I didn't know what poverty looked like. And I called from the hotel. After several days, we had been 
up and down the streets of Manila where just row after row after row after row of makeshift houses right on the edge of the, of the road. Cars flying up and down the road, literally people just feet from the road because that's the only place they could put a little house. We had been to, uh, and I have a picture in my office, a, a dump site where people would come, trucks would come and put, dump their garbage out. And then people just like, almost like, forgive me, I don't mean disrespect, but like ants crawl up these mountains of garbage digging for anything that was edible and anything they could salvage to try to get a few pennies to feed their families. And a picture of my office of a makeshift house with just tarps and some lean-to pieces of this and piece of that and a piece of plastic here and there where the Benoza family lived and they had gotten saved to the church there, um, Dr. Lorena's church, and, and people lived. And it, it stank. It stank terribly. The odor was terrible. And this was their home. And I called and I was trying to tell her what I had seen and I, I couldn't get it out. I began to talk and I would just weep, get my composure try to describe to her what I was seeing, and I just weep again. So many of the blessings we receive, we come to expect them. We come to somehow think that we deserve them. I submit to you, I know you know this is true. I'm not telling you this because you need to be admonished. But just as a reminder to everybody in this room, We do not deserve what we have any more than anyone else in the world deserves the plight or the condition of their lives either. Happiness is tied not just to my blessings, but to my appreciation of those blessings. Yesterday I stopped and talked to Fidel. Rodney and I talked to Fidel and Alberto and Sergio. Sergio's from Guatemala. He's been here quite a few years. He's been here several decades. In fact, he came to the Spanish services in the Wicker Building a couple of years ago. But he's sitting in a chair and he's pretty good English. And here's what he told me. Here's what he told us. He said, you know, he said, uh, he said, here in America, he said, he slapped his leg like that. He said, got something to wear? Pointing at his boots. Got something to wear? He's got something to eat? Got a roof over our head. He said, but we're stressed. We start at 6 o'clock in the morning, go to 6 o'clock at night, working all day long so we can have this and this and this. I thought, man, this is some wisdom. He said, you know, back where I, where I came from, he said, uh, we had some peace. And he said, now then, new leadership is coming to our country. And it used to be you could have a roof on your head and food and clothes to wear. And he said, that's getting more difficult for people to have. He said, but you have an America here. You have stress. <laughs> I asked him to come and preach next Sunday night. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know if he's saved. But my, my point is this. We, we have happiness. Listen to very carefully. We have happiness... Because we make a decision to enjoy what God has given us. We make a decision to be grateful for what God has given us. You see, there's two ways, listen very carefully, there's two ways to be happy. You can get everything that you ever wanted and that would make you happy. 
Or you can want what you already have. (laughs) You can either have all you want, or you can want all you have. I remember going uh, to David Shook, was a cousin, a second cousin of mine, years ago, and uh, I spent the night at his house, and, you know, there's seven kids in our family, so I know what a, I know what a one-fourth piece of sausage is, I guarantee you. And, uh, and I guarantee you, buddy, we, we, we had magnifying glasses, you know, at the table. Anyway, so I went to David's house, and the next morning, his mom served breakfast. I mean, she served bacon. And it's just me and my cousin. And she had this whole plate full of bacon. There's more bacon on that plate for the two of us than for our whole family at a typical breakfast. And I'm looking at this pile of bacon. And she says, all right, boys, eat up now. And boy, you didn't have to tell me twice. I Man, I ate more bacon in that one setting than I had eaten the 12 months before. And about halfway through that plate of bacon, his mother came over and said, David, look at John eating his bacon. Why don't you eat your bacon? I said, David, don't worry about it. I got this, man. <laughs> now, very rarely in your life will you have all you want. So the wise Christian, instead of moaning and groaning because you can't have all you want, the wise Christian, the Christian that glorifies his God, is the one who says, I want what I have. I want what I have. I got news for you, my dear friend. The tempter started in the Garden of Eden with forbidden fruit and made an empty promise that that which you shouldn't touch somehow tastes better than what God has given you. He lied then. He's been lying ever since. And forbidden fruit does not satisfy. It puts rot in your soul and in your body. Enjoy what God has given you. Be thankful for what God has given you. Gratitude makes little things into big blessings. Dr. Curtis Hudson in one of his books wrote a little section in there about a, told a little story about an army chaplain who noticed that many of his men, uh, were, were, uh, 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 some of them missed their wives more than others. And he began to talk to him. He said, "What, fellas? What is it? You, you guys miss your? It's obvious. You talk about it. You miss your wife. Oh, yeah." He said, "What is it you miss about him?" They said, "What they said." One of them said, "Well, it's kind of silly, maybe, but every Saturday night, my wife would shampoo my hair, rub my head, and I love it. And I miss that." And another one said, and I don't know if I'd say this out loud, but he did. He said, "My wife every week would manicure my nails." Man, it'd take a lawnmower to manicure my else. But anyway, ladies, we have an altar tonight if you want to. <laughs> Another one said, uh, my wife would just for a few minutes each day, I'd get home on a long day of work and be tired, and she'd rub my shoulders for a few minutes. I go home for it. Here's what the chaplain's observation made. He said, you know, the things that they missed, they were, they were little things. But you know what? Little things are big things. It's not the size of the gift that brings happiness. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's not the size of the gift that brings happiness. It's the size of our appreciation for the gift. Happiness is tied to my gratitude for transient blessings and joy. Here's the second part of the pair. Is tied to gratitude for the unchanging character of my God. Joy is tied to gratitude for the unchanging character of my God. When we praise God, we express our gratitude and our thanksgiving, and that 
makes God happy and makes us happy. But when we worship Him, we are not just saying, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I can see and I can hear and I can walk. And thank you for a successful surgery. And thank you so much for providing for our needs. And thank you for friends and uh, the things that God has done for us. Now, God is worthy to be praised. We ought to appreciate the blessings He's given in our lives. But joy runs deeper because joy is not tied to transient blessings. Joy is tied to the unchanging character of God. And, 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 and the, the, the praise is when I say, God, thank you for all the good things that you've saved my soul. You gave me a family. You gave me a home. You gave me a job. Thank you for the good things you do. But, but worship is more intimate than praise. They're very closely akin one to another. But worship is not just saying, God, thank you for all the things you've done for me. Worship is saying, God, thank you for you. Thank you for who you are, for your character, God, His love. And God is holy, and God is faithful, and God is true, and God is just. If I were to express praise, if I were to praise my wife, I might say, sweetheart, you look beautiful today. Oh, that was a great lunch. Thank you for fixing the food. And, um, and, and thank you so much. I, was, I, was, I, I needed a, some fresh uh, a socks, and I thank you so much for doing the laundry. And thanks for getting the girls from school. And thank you for shopping for us. And thank you for putting the groceries in. Thank you for feeding the dogs. And, uh, and, and, and well, I'm praising her. I'm, 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 I'm uh, praising her for the things that she does. But when I worship her, I say, sweetheart, thank you for the love you show us. Thank you for your thoughtfulness. I'm bragging on her character. And that's more intimate. Can I tell you something? Even when circumstances, we all have plenty of stuff to thank God for and be happy about. But even when circumstances are far from ideal, God never changes. He's always holy, faithful, true, just, merciful, gracious, loving. Amen. He's forbearing. Oh, I'm so glad He withholds the punishment so often that I deserve. And He never changes. And so joy is coming into His presence and meditating on who He is and what He means to me and His character and the fact that He is all wise. He's all wise. He's all, how could I doubt? His work in my life. How could I doubt what I'm going through when God who loves me is all wise and He knows what's best and He loves me with an everlasting love and what's happening in my life is guided by His sovereign hand, guided by His wisdom, motivated by His love. And I realize that it could be tragic circumstances, but God is still God. He's still faithful and He still loves me and He's still in control and you can have joy while tears run down your cheeks. You can have joy when the circumstances of your life seem to be crumbling around you. Happiness is tied to blessings. Joy is tied to the blessed one. Happiness is tied to my gratitude for transient blessings. Joy is tied to gratitude for the unchanging character of God. Set number three, happiness may increase or decrease depending on circumstances. Happiness may increase or decrease depending on circumstances. Joy can deepen depending on your awareness of God. 
joy can deepen depending on your awareness of God. I, I love that story. When God told his man, he said, listen, he said, I, I'll tell you when to attack. When you see the wind in the mulberry trees. When the wind moves the mulberry trees, he said, that's when you come out of your uh, had a, a ambush planned. He said, that's when you come out and that's when you attack. Now, I think about that story and I think, you know, a bunch of people saw the wind moving the trees. But God's servant knew what it meant. And he acted in faith. Oh, listen, do you see God in your life? Are you aware of his presence? Do you see him in the myriad of little things that he does for you in his provision and his guidance? Happiness may increase or decrease depending on the circumstances, but joy runs deeper and joy can deepen depending on your awareness of God. Happiness is like the cresting of a wave, but joy is like the paths of the sea. That's the Bible phrase. It's the currents that carry those migrating sea creatures hundreds of miles like those turtles and other sea creatures. Happiness is a pleasant breeze. Joy is the oxygen in the breeze. Happiness is a warm bed and good health. Joyous Paul and Silas with backs and ribbons singing and giving praise to God at midnight. Happiness is the lame man who jumped up and went running and jumping and leaping. But joy is Stephen being stoned and on his face is the countenance of an angel. Here's the next pair. Happiness can be stolen by a million different circumstances. The grumpy clerk. Don't raise your hand. How many of you in the last seven days said, I am not happy? (laughs) Don't raise your hand. Larry, put your hand down. I'm just kidding. Uh, A whiny child. An inattentive spouse, a careless driver, an overbearing boss, flat tire. But the Bible says, if you recall, the Bible says in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 22, Your joy no man taketh from you. Last pair. Circumstances conducive to happiness cannot always be recreated. <clears throat> Brother Howes used to say this, my pastor used to say this. He said, if you have a good day, write down what you didn't have another one. He was so disciplined. He said, man, if you, he said, well, this is a good day. He said, well, figure out what you did. What'd you do? Why was it a good day? Recreate it. Amen. Recreate it. And, and have another one, he'd say. And with circumstances and happiness, you can often do that. Circumstances of conducive to happiness can sometimes, but not always, be recreated. Joy, however, can draw its source from present blessings as well as past. Let me say it again. Joy can draw its source from present blessings as well as past. There's a word in the Bible. Rejoice. <laughs> rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. What does it mean? Re, again, joy. 
So when circumstances are such that you cannot be happy, yes, I understand you can be happy to a degree in any circumstance of life, but when circumstances seem against you and they're not conducive to happiness, how then do you obey the command rejoice evermore and uh, re- uh, 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 rejoicing in tribulation? And, 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 and again, I say rejoice, rejoice. How can one obey that? Luke ten twenty. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. What Jesus was saying to his disciples, yes, those spirits are subject to you. You've seen some wonderful things. He said, don't get excited about that. Get excited about the fact that your name is in the book of life and no man can blot it out. And once it's there, it's there to stay. What does he say? He said, you catch your joy to things that never change. And I got news for you. In 1979, when Jesus Christ came in my heart and soul and saved me from an eternal hell, put his spirit in me, wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life and began preparing a place for me in heaven, nobody can take that away from me. And while I may not feel joyful and we, I may not feel happy, I know I can do, I can go back to that cafeteria off the gymnasium, 1225 29th Avenue Drive, Northeast on Wednesday night in the spring of 1979. And I can think about that spot. Think about how God saved my soul and how that'll never change. Would you be happy? Expect less and appreciate more. Deny yourself and live for others. Count your blessings one by one. Would you have joy? Walk with God. Love Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. For in His presence is fullness of joy. Let's stand together. Father, we ought to be happy too.